Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? Every time now, it seems, we have never been more excited for a podcast than this podcast. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. Every week, week, the tension and the excitement builds for this offseason. I am hype. It is fantastic. I've had a nice week so far, you know. Uh, How's your summer going, Will? It's going really well. I can't believe that um, we're at a point now in sports where the offseason is almost more exciting than the actual season. Bro, deadass. Half of the NBA season is like is a sleepwalk at this point. Honestly, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, NBA season finals are going on. You know what the you know what's leading the news? The Lakers. Lakers are hiring Jason Kidd. It's mm-hmm. like it's like that's what people care about. It's it's wild, but no, it's not crazy. It's, it's we got, crazy. We have a busy episode here. We got our NBA draft recap. We're gonna pick some winners and losers, picks we like, didn't like, everything in between. We're, and then we're going to be going into free agency. We're going to we're going to talk a little Celtics and Nets. They're kind of a little bit at the center of free agency right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're, and then we'll, and then we'll close it out with some some general free agent thoughts and predictions and a whole lot more in between. You ready to go? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. Let's, I'm hyped. Let's get it. Let's talk NBA draft first of all. Sounds good. So, for the most part, nothing in the nothing in the beginning part of the draft really surprised me. To find the beginning of the draft, like the first three picks. I like. I feel like the first five or six picks. For, you know, even first seven picks. I feel like weren't inconceivable to predict. Yes and no. I have to actually disagree with you a little bit on that. Okay. But when 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 all the trades went through and we found which team was in one pick, which pick, I think everything did make sense. Also, let me just get to this real quick. The NBA draft needs to have, like, fucking 60 hats in two racks next <laughs> to the stage. Stop giving DeAndre Hunter a Los Angeles Lakers hat. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's weird. It's actually it's like, ridiculous. It's like the Lakers haven't had that pick in two weeks, and it wasn't even – it's just none of it. I have an idea. Stop giving hats. Also, yes. Just yes, have them go up nice. and shake the commissioner's <laughs> hand. Also, also, one more before we get started talking about the players. One more draft thing. Uh-huh. The beginning part of the draft – is way too quick, and the end part of the draft is way too long. You think the, so? I think the first, I think the lottery picks should be a separate night from the rest of the draft, and it's 15 minutes in between each pick, not five. And then after the lottery, it goes into the next night, and that, and then it's five minutes in between each pick. Well, here's where I differ. There is no reason why it should be the same amount of time between the fourth and the fifth pick and the 59th and the 60th. Okay, okay. Let me. I okay. I agree with the different nights principle in your in your um in your uh, hypothesis. That's not definitely not the right world in your in your take in your take. Okay. Take. However, if I dis- I disagree with um the fact that the draft was too long as far as with the lottery picks. I it agree was a that five-hour was- draft. No, bro. Here's the thing. I agree as far as the second half of the draft. I completely agree. However. The lottery picks, that shit was so was I. Th- it felt like ten years went off my life while I was watching that. Like I get no, great. I think, but but think, no, think here's about- the thing. Here's the thing. Let me let me let me say something real quick. I think that I th- I believe that because I was listening to crappy analysis. I'm sorry, Jay Billis and Chauncey Billups, but Chauncey Billups was Chauncey Billups was bad. He was making player comparisons that just made no. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I was on. I was on. I, I was on Twitter in the beginning, and uh, and Alex Kennedy of um what what of of Hoops Hype, you know that website? Yeah. 
uh, Alex Kennedy tweeted, um, tonight the world will see why Chauncey Billups is a future general manager. <laughs> and that was before the draft. And I'm pretty sure after that draft, no one in their right mind is hiring Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups, with all due respect, you don't have to compare, like, Ruri Hachimura or PJ or, like, uh, um... Or Se- Seku, I'm going to butcher his last name, whatever it is, from the Pistons. You don't have to compare those guys yeah. to Kawhi Leonard. The 15th pick, like, like let's let's just chill a little bit. Yes, Like, yes. not everyone has to be a superstar, pe- uh, superstar person. Also, never good when, who was that? I think they were comparing, uh, they, were, they were doing the uh, which players like who. And I'm pretty sure they compared DeAndre Hunter to, um, to Jay Crowder. Which it, it, it's just yeah I and agree. I was like I was like first of all never good at the fourth pick in the draft is being compared to Jay Crowder, and second <laughs> of all that's the player you choose to not do a superstar comparison for. Come on. I agree. I agree, man. You got to bring back Jalen Rose. Give the people oh what they want. All right. So in who, the in the words of of, of Jalen and Jacoby. <laughs> all right. So let's let's start off. Who is your favorite pick of the draft? Okay, um, I have multiple favorite picks, as you can probably assume. However, sure. I will say, here's the thing. If I had a rap career, which I don't and I never will, right? Even though I'm in the music industry. Um, mm-hmm. I would make a song called The Ten Draft Commandments, right? <laughs> okay. And I'd do it over the same Biggie beat. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, my first commandment would be, when your team has a talent deficiency, don't overthink it and draft for need, for need. Take the best player on the board. The Cavs at number five, you know what they could have done? They could have said, well, you know what? We've got Colin Sexton. He put I up a lot of points this here. year. He put up a lot of points this year. Maybe he's our point guard of the future. So let's get a shooting guard because we have Jordan Clarkson. Let's get Jarrett Culver. You know what? They, the Cavs could have done that. Instead, they drafted the best player on the board. And it wasn't. I don't think it was even close that Garland was the best player on the board. Even though I have my questions with Garland. Doesn't look like he can really play defense yet. He's only 19, which is a good thing. And he only played five games last year. Mm-hmm. However, those are also kind of positives in a weird way. And Garland just has so much potential. If you're the Cavs, yeah, you got to trade Colin Sexton. You know, worse things have happened in this world. Like, it's not exactly impossible. You know, people are still looking for point guards, especially this offseason. The Cavs took the best player on the board. And also... um. I know we're, we're going to be getting into our team winners and losers later, but they also took Kevin Porter Jr., which I think was a really good value pick at number 30, who is a guy who was a lottery-level talent. There was uh, questions about his um, shot selection, maturity, stuff like that. You might yep. be getting Jamal Crawford at pick number 30. That's what yep. I got to say. Yeah, it's totally possible. My Okay, I'll get to Darius Garland a little bit later when I talk about my least favorite picks. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, and actually, you know what? I'm going to do that first because I, I want to play devil's advocate, advocate. That was actually my least favorite pick of the draft. Really? Because I love I like Darius Garland. I actually I actually had. OK, ready, ready for the uh, ready for the haters to come in. I kind of like him more than Morant. Ooh, interesting. Um, but the reason I do not like the Darius Garland pick is because they picked him with with the expectation that they can turn him and Colin Sexton into the into the new Lillard and McCollum. That's hilarious. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a, I saw, that's, a, I, that's an insane idea. Yep. Yep. And here's the thing. So, I texted so if, you. If they, if, yeah, if they were te- if they were taking Garland and then trading Sexton and that was their plan and something like that, then I love the Garland pick cuz I think he's going to be a great player. <laughs> I just 
<laughs> oh God, he's never. I I don't. Bro, I, don't, I thought that was their plan. Yeah. Dead ass. I thought that was their plan. Bro, yeah. No, it was dead ass. It was guys. Everybody, listeners. It was just yesterday. That I think I texted Will saying we were talking about our uh, power rankings of worst GMs and organizations. Kobe Altman for the last few years is has been not he hasn't been on the list, but he's been teetering just because he has made a bunch of questionable mm-hmm. moves. However, I've not put him there just because he was given such harsh hands with giving being uh, handed a, a bad owner, LeBron's whole situation, and then LeBron leaving. He was really placed with you know bad with no picks and stuff like that. Like he was placed behind the eight ball and got put in a really bad Kyrie Irving trade situation. Exactly. However, the, is it his idea that you can put I don't know. Sexton and Garland together? That's ridiculous. That's I ridiculous. Don't know. Yeah, so that's that. That's my least favorite pick, only because I don't think that's a good fit. If they decide not to do that, then then it's fine. But my uh, my other least favorite pick is Rui Hachimura to the Wizards. Okay, and not okay. not because I think Hachimura is going to be a bad player, because honestly, I mean, who he he's an international guy. I don't really know that. I don't really know that much about him. He could be a good pick. But the reason I don't like him as a pick is because, did you know, actually I think it was you that told me this, Hachimura didn't speak to a single member yes. of the Wizards or hey. work out for them in the he entire draft process. <laughs> that right there is why I don't like the pick. Because it's the, it's the Wizards. It's the Wizards. Okay. That's what uh, happens. All right, but my favorite pick of the draft, number 22, Grant Williams to the Celtics. <laughs> And the reason I like this pick, and, and I debated between this one and the Nasir Little pick to Portland, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to the Celtics one here is because, did you know that Grant Williams' mom is a NASA scientist, mm, okay, and his dad okay. was Prince's bodyguard? Prince's bodyguard? Okay, okay, Grant Williams. He's built like Prince's bodyguard. I'll so, tell you that. He's, he's built like his dad was. Shit. So so what does that mean? It means that Grant Williams is not going to be afraid of the moment. Ariana Grande's team should give Grant Williams a max deal. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I no, but in all seriousness, I like I love the Grant Williams pick. I think that he is the ultimate high floor player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never gonna. He's never gonna be a superstar. But Grant Williams is the kind of guy where I feel like if you're looking at this draft like, like thirty or like thirty years later, it's gonna be like, whoa, Grant Williams played sixteen years. Yeah, I agree. And and I think he's he's a huge body down low, not necessarily in height, but in terms of just how he's built. He's got a great mind, great rebounder, good post game. He's he's expanding his range to three point. He hit a few la- he hit a few in college, and and coming out of uh, coming out of high school, he was the number five ranked high school player in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Celtics yeah, Celtics had a good pick there, but also I love the Nasir Little pick to Portland. A hundred percent. They because even if he never pans out, this is a guy that was a top five six recruit again coming out of high school, and you managed to grab him at twenty five. Incredible in addition, value. In addition, they're also losing most likely uh, Harkless and Aminu in free agency. You you get a dude that's six six with like a seven foot two wingspan. Who's jacked out of his mind? Yeah, I mean, even even if the shot doesn't come around, it's 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 a good pick. I love that pick. I very much agree. Also with um with the Blazers, 
this was taking Afrony Simons last year, who actually really showed um, signs of life um, yeah, later in the season. The year, for sure. The the Blazers are seemed and also like Jake Layman's like actually pretty decent now. Like the Blazers yeah, have shown a, a an ability to um to develop young talents. Zach Collins. Zach Collins is playing well. Who you did exactly. not like? So I think that I did. <laughs> yeah, let's, Zach let's Collins. I I just don't. There. Yeah, I just like don't. Uh, to be fair, to be uh, fair, I don't believe in uh, guys from Gonzaga. Yeah. I was gonna say to be fair, he was a, he was a big guy from Gonzaga. Um, exactly. Yeah. Even though, like, I actually, I here's the thing. Like, talking about your your Wizards um, criticism, I completely agree. And I was on record going into this draft saying I actually really liked Hachi Moore as far as if that guy can develop a shot, I think he can yeah. be. Oh no, no. When, I, when I'm putting him as a losing pick, it's not about it's not even about the player. It's I about the team. I agree. I completely agree. I completely agree. That's the thing. Like, this is actually where I get into my um, into my worst pick, my my least favorite pick. And even okay. though my um, honestly, my two um team losers are kind okay. of they they kind of coincide with so, my worst. So so do you want pick, do you want to move but, into uh into team losers now, and you can just do it then? Um, yeah, let's just do that. That's easy. Okay. That's so easy. so so who's your who's your team loser? My team. Losers. There's two losers. Losers. There's two okay. people that there's team losers. Loser number one. Okay. I'm on record, bro. Uh, I went into this I went into our last podcast thinking I had a steal in the draft, Cam Johnson. The guy can shoot the lights out. <laughs> Big guy, he should nope. be right away. Pick him in the twenties if you already have a playoff team. That's a guy that I would actually not be completely surprised if he was like the fifth guy. I, in a playoff ro- team's rotation this next year. I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. However, Phoenix, 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 Phoenix. What, they took him at the 12th pick? 11. I like him, but no, no. Also, you know what, why Phoenix is more than just a, a, re- a, a loser in this draft because they did a ridiculous reach, I think? Because I, I like Cam Johnson, but you don't pick a guy in the 20s at the 12th pick or 11. You don't do it. You don't, it's, it's not done. It's not yep. done. Also, but this is why um, I picked the Suns as a team loser. Because, you know what they did before the draft? I was, we were talking about this. We were texting about this. They just gave away T.J. Warren. Yep. They just gave him away. Hey. Also, also hey, I, wonder, sir, uh, I, wonder, a, I wonder how many teams. Nice rotation scorer? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I wonder how many teams, after they saw the T.J. Warren trade, were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why didn't we do that? <laughs> like, no one in their right mind would have thought that T.J. Warren like was a guy you also got a pick for taking it's insane like it's like insane. tj warren tj warren tj warren for seven million dollars is a i'll give you a late first round pick for him not here's tj warren and the 33rd pick or whatever it was bro honestly i feel like the pacers draft room was laughing like they just seen borat from the first time Yep. They were they were shocked that what was happening right then but they were loving it and laughing their asses off i think that was actually the Okay. Yeah. Also, like, and this isn't the first time this has happened in this this even past year with the Suns. They just gave away an asset in Tyson Chandler. They just yep. said, "Well, you you want this guy? It's insane. You know how there's like you can get like that shit on the back of your driver's license or something. You know, like, oh, I'm an organ donor or something. Yeah, yeah. James Jones should have one on his license because he's an asset donor. That's what he is. <laughs> he's an asset donor. Yeah. Should, why, why are we criticizing James Jones right now? He's a basketball philanthropist because he has good in his heart he just gives away assets because he's nice you know great yeah, nice Thank you, James Jones, nice being a nice asset donor we appreciate you in the community now now it's funny because my my <laughs> losing team here my losing team was also the phoenix suns mm-hmm. 
I mean, seriously, were they drunk during this draft? Okay, so Phoenix has the number six pick. I don't mind them trading out of that. That part I didn't mind. The I don't part either. That I did mind was why are you trading? Actually, no, no, actually, I want to go back in further. I do want to start at the TJ Warren. The only reason I understood the TJ Warren trade was if they were trying to clear cap space. And it seemed yes. like that's what they were trying to do. But mm-hmm. then their next thing, they add cap, they add money to their books by picking up um, Dario Saric from, from Minnesota, 11th pick in Dario Saric for the number six pick, which on, on the surface, that's not a terrible trade. Yeah, I actually, it's justifiable a little bit. I still like Saric. Yeah, I'm actually higher on, on Saric than most people. Um, I think that he can be a uh, fifth or sixth guy on a championship team. And two years ago when the Celtics played the Sixers in the playoffs, he was the player I was most afraid of. It makes, yeah, it's, it's not. I, I don't blame he's, you. He's a good player, and I actually kind of like the fit with him and Aiden. Mm-hmm. Those guys that can play together. Said, that just essentially neutralized the cap space that you just got by trading TJ Warren. So that made no sense. And then, as if it couldn't get any worse, they make the trade with Boston. And Boston was obviously desperately trying to get rid of cap space. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I want to get to another Boston trade in a second because I think this is hysterical. But Boston trades the number 24, yeah, the number 24 pick, Ty Jerome. For the number, what pick was it? Uh, I think it was like twenty-seven or something. Yeah, um, somewhere somewhere around there. Uh, but the Celtics trade that pick, the that pick that was Ty Jerome, and or sorry for sorry that's what it was for a future uh, for a future um, Phoenix pick, which is fine. I guess the Celtics were just trying to clear cap space and didn't want to have another rookie contract on their books. Yeah. So just putting it off a year, I didn't mind that. But then they include Aaron Baines in the trade. Yeah, it's, and it's... and I didn't. And it's like Phoenix, what are you doing? Like, like isn't the point of what you've been doing this whole time to clear cap space for Devin Booker? So it started the day where they were where they were down seven million in cap space, or sorry, up seven million in cap space by by trading Warren. Where the only way that trade is defensible is if they're then is if they're then using that cap space on someone else. But instead, they use that cap space on Sarich and Baines, and now have four million dollars less in cap space than they started the day with. That's a fact. That's a fact. Oh my god! It's like, what are you thinking? I don't. I don't even remotely understand their draft day. And then they take Cam Johnson at number eleven, where it's like, look, Cam Johnson is another guy that could be in the league for for many years. He's a good shooter. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. But and this and this is remember how I remember how I talked um, about the the Giants pick of Daniel Jones at number six. Yeah, uh, in the NFL draft, and I said, mm-hmm. which team is going to be the guy that the team that does the uh, Daniel Jones pick? Mm-hmm. It's Phoenix. Seriously, it's like Cam Johnson was like projected around number twenty-four. If you're if you, if you're in love with Cam Johnson, that's fine. But then trade back again. It's it, this this shit happens every day. In the words of in the words of you, definitely don't understand this reference, fool. I mean, I mean, uh, Will, uh, excuse me, but um. I don't, why did I say fool there? I have absolutely no idea. But um, I was gonna say um, uh, anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to the movie Paid in Full real quick, where Cameron just says, "Man, dudes get shot every day. Be you be alright." That's honestly that's what happens in these drafts. People do dumb shit. They could trade back, but they take guys ahead of where they're supposed to be picked. 
That's just yep. what happens, honestly. I'm just used to it at this point. It's just a matter of which team it's going to be. And in a competent franchise like the Suns, you know, it fits the bill. What can it I was, say? It was bad. And speaking of incompetent franchises, I'm going to get to the next trade I was talking about, the Celtics one. Mm-hmm. So the Celtics. Oh, get- I know where you're going. This is perfect. This, this leads right into my other team loser for the draft. Fantastic. Talking about the, talking about the Sixers? Yes, sir. All right. So the Celtics get word or hear through the grapevine that the Sixers are absolutely in love with Matisse Thibel. Mm-hmm. And Elton Brand made a promise to Thibel that he was going to draft him. So first of all, first of all, who who still makes promises in the draft? Like that feels very 1980s, 1990s. Bro, this shit is crazy. That's like a promise ring. But then, then <laughs> there's no advantage to making a promise in the draft. It's like mm-hmm. if you it's like if you make the pick, great. If you don't, then 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 you're the team that broke their promise. Mm-hmm. And so the so the so the Sixers make this promise to Thibel. Danny Ainge finds out and uses the number twenty pick on him, and then uh-huh. says, "Hey, um, hey Philly, I'm picking Thibel. Sorry." And then un- unless you want to trade for him, so let's take every name out of the equation here and focus exclusively on what numbers these picks are. Sounds the good. The Celtics traded pick number twenty. For pick number 24 and 33. Okay. So to move back four slots, like three slots in the draft, essentially, or four slots in the draft, because, I mean, unless you want to count the 20th pick is already being taken, but um, they added the 33rd pick in the draft, where basically picks number 31, 32, 33, 34 are all still essentially first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Because those are guys that slip. And then the Celtics take Carson Edwards, who's probably one of the best shooters in the draft. I'm going to get Carson Edwards later. I like, here's the thing. I really like Carson Edwards. I think that the, I, I don't know if I would have gone with that, that exact player if I were the Celtics, but that guy can get buckets. He could be Isaiah Thomas someday. Yeah. He might be. Yeah, but the point is in terms of value, mm-hmm. it's just 20 for 24 and 33. that's insane. If you're going to trade from 24 to 20, you should include like the 50th pick in the draft, not the 33rd. The Mm -hmm. 33rd is still like a, a rotation player. Bad, bad trade for brand. Um, yeah. Who is, who is your, Oh, sorry. Yeah. And yeah, my loser is my other team loser is the Sixers because Elton brand. Now at this point, looking at the Sixers cupboard of assets, Elton Brand has managed to piss away almost every asset Hinky accumulated. The process is fucking done. Like, Brand has pissed it all away. It's literally like, let's say, Will, hypothetically, um, you'd like to have a nice romantic uh, dinner with your girlfriend, right? You'd like to cook some, her some fantastic sure, sure. filet mignon, um, you know, and Flatbush. Shouts out to Flatbush. <laughs> um, anyway, and you're like, you know what? I want to season this dish. I want to season this dish. I need some vegetables. I need some seasoning. So you know what? You give a five-year-old $70 and ask him to do some grocery shopping for you. So here's the thing. Simmons and Embiid is a very nice steak if you're the, the Sixers. Obviously, yep. those, those are the two crown jewels of the process. But you know what? You need to season these players. You need to get some things around these players. And you know what, Will? The, the five-year-old you just gave $70 comes back with $50 worth of popped parts. <laughs> some cocoa puffs, some rice krispies treats, and boban. That's essentially <laughs> what, 
what happened with Sam Hickey's asset cupboard. That's what happened. Elton Brand has essentially pissed it all away. And at this point, he has to just throw money at Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and whoever this offseason. Yeah, the haul the yeah, that he know. gave up for Tobias Harris, that's, that's fireable in its own right. It's aged badly. At this point, Brand, I think, is time. actually really GMing for his time. job at this point. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't. We're both on record saying that we didn't really like that trade. It's he's coach. He's GMing for his job at this point. I think. Yeah. No, I I, I kind of agree. And so uh, actually, yeah, I, I want to I want to change gears here. We've been pretty negative. Let's talk about our our team winner. Fantastic. And and I and I, and I want and I'm not gonna pick a team like oh the Pelicans because they got Zion. That's too easy. Yeah, no, that's that's trash. That's some that's that's some cornball shit. You already know. So so my team winner is the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. And be and the reason. Is because Travis Schlink, their GM, has has become one of my favorite GMs in the league. Really? And the reason is, is because how do you not respect him? This dude, one of the mistakes that first-time GMs make a lot of the time is they get too cautious. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because it's their first job, they don't want to screw up. They they just want to be like look like this like oh look um we have the number four pick and we know that Bull Bull is gonna sell a lot of jerseys let you like, you know what I mean yeah but instead he went with guys that that he likes that that other people didn't and it's the same thing with the Pelicans taking uh, Jackson Hayes at eight uh-huh. I like I like GMs doing the move um that that they think is best not what everyone else thinks is best and then of course you can get too extreme and become phoenix that takes cam johnson at 11 <laughs> but when it, but but the different the difference between those two things is cam johnson you can trade back and take him at 24 you're not trading back and getting jackson hayes at 24 you know what i mean uh-huh. it's like it's like that like the, that few spot difference where it's like you know what this is this is this is my guy and he, and travis schlink was was realistic about his roster and said, "Yeah, we have cap space, but we're not signing anyone right now." Took on the Solomon Hill deal, moved up from moved up from eight to four, and then he wasn't going to use the cap space on anyone else good anyway. Pick up Solomon Hill for a year; he's gone next year, and now you get DeAndre Hunter at number four and Cam Reddish at number ten, who are probably the two best defenders in the draft besides Zion. Mm-hmm. And that's now your those are now your two wings to build around these two guys that are phenomenal defenders somehow a, and that's the best thing you can do with Trey Young is build a mm-hmm. team of defenders around him very true at, I, at the I, very I, worst Reddish is going to be a is going to be a damn good defensive player i think it's like, it's like worst case scenario with Cam Reddish is he's Tony Allen who's slightly worse at defense but even still Tony Allen is a player you want on your team 100% I'm I'm a lot higher on Cam Reddish than a lot of people are, just because I think that he's that good on defense. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I love I love them getting. I mean, seriously, their starting lineup next year. They now have uh, their their three kind of interchangeable wings are Herder, who's six eight, mm-hmm. Gar, uh, DeAndre Hunter, who's like six nine, and Cam Reddish, who's like six eight. Those are your two, three, and four. And then you've got this guy named John. Uh, Collins, 
Of course, yeah. Who can and then ball, James, by the John way. Collins center, and John Collins is like six foot ten, and John Collins can also kind of switch out and stay with, stay with, stay with a shooting guard. You know. Mm-hmm. I completely agree, and this is the best yes. thing you can do. Trey Young is just put size and athleticism around him, and he's done it. I I completely agree. I completely I think, agree. I think, I think Schlink forever loses the Doncic trade, but you but we're past that now, and 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 it's not and it's not because Trey Young is not a great player because Trey Young is is going to be a great player. It seems like mm-hmm. he just loses the Doncic mm-hmm. trade because Doncic is going to win MVP. Yes. So, but other than that, I, I really like the lineup he's building. I give kudos to them in Atlanta. Is there is there a better besides besides the Pelicans? Is there a better young core than Trey Young, Reddish, Herder, Hunter, and Collins? That's fun. It, no, it's it's a hell of a fun team. Not only is that team a league pass team, but I don't know. There's a I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but there's a. If the East is weak again oh, this year, you're ahead of yourself. I don't know. There's a realist. There's there's a scenario that one of that I don't I don't think the Hawks will make the playoffs. But shit, I could see that I could see it at January February ish. The Hawks are playing damn well. I could completely see that. But I'll I will see. say this. Oh yeah, Schlenk is doing a really smart thing as far as taking on the Solomon Hill contract, and we might get into we'll get into the Nets later but I thought he made a really good move in taking on the Alan Crabb deal to get another yeah. asset as well here's I the thing there's so agree. many teams there's so many teams this summer with cap space there's so many teams with cap space you know what you should do if you're a team with cap space and you know that you're realistically not going to to, to win a championship next year or be close to contending use your cap space like my man Sean Marks did to soak up other contracts so you can get more assets. I agree. I agree. I think it's simple math. Look at someone yeah. like look at the look at the Heat right now. Those guys they have a real chance. It seems that someone like Jimmy Butler in free agency. And you know what? Here's the thing: Pat Riley wouldn't drive Hassan Whiteside to the airport. He would drive the airport to Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> he'd build it. He'd pay for a new airport to be built in front of his. <laughs> he built Hassan Whiteside an airport in his backyard. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Now. Yeah, and and, and take and, on that contract, get an asset, and great, fantastic. He's gone after one year. Yeah, and actually, and actually, I'll use this opportunity to pivot now to uh, to free agency. Uh-huh. But but this is this is one of the things, and I'm putting on my my future GM hat here right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teams are going to overspend for guys this summer. This summer is incredibly reminiscent of 2016. I agree. What with that huge cap jump, but the difference is this year there's only a small cap jump, but everyone's got money. And what you're going to see very quickly is when the when the Kawhis and the Durants and the Kyries are off the market and Kemba and guys like that, and then it's that second tier level of guys where it's like Tobias Harris, D'Angelo Russell. Um, you know, guys like that, they're then going to get overpaid. And then teams are going to miss out on them. And that's where you get to the really dangerous zone of suddenly Dwayne Dedman is making $13 million a season. And Kevon Oof. Looney is making 15 You know what I mean? Yes, I completely agree. Because there's, going, there's agree. going to be teams. And, and this is what Portland did with Evan Turner. And this is what Brooklyn did with Alan Crabb. Where uh-huh. they look at their roster and they say, well, we have all this cap space. We might as well use it. You know what the best thing you can do with your cap space this summer is if if you're not if you're not uh, getting a top tier guy. Yes. Ha- have cap space next summer. Save that shit. It's a fact. Even There's, though next summer isn't great for 
Yeah. Agency. Yeah. People will always be unhappy in the NBA. There will always exactly. be unhappy players and unhappy organizations. One, one of the biggest problems that teams make is just because you have cap space doesn't mean you have to use it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But we'll, 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 get, we'll, get, to, we'll get to our general, our general free agency opinions and analysis later. But first off, we want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Celtics and the Nets. All right, let's do Celtics uh, first. I'm you, ready. You want to start with Celtics? Okay. We Here's, can start with Nets. I don't give a damn. No, I want to start with Celtics Up because then we'll move into Nets when, we, when I get to Kyrie. All right, sounds good. I think it's a good pivot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using the word pivot a lot. Today. Anyway. It's a fact. It's a good word. It is a good word. Um, it's a good word. So, the Celtics. This offseason hasn't been great. Um, well, it, it, depends on, it depends on who you're talking to. I've loved this offseason. Yeah, <laughs> because because this is this is everything I've ever wanted. I love chaos, and unfortunately, I even love chaos when it's my own team. Yeah, I every March Madness, it's people people always like you know ask me because I'm a big basketball guy. People always ask me like, oh, what team are you rooting for in March Madness? Chaos. Yeah, that's a fact. I do not care who wins any game in March Madness. If there's chaos, mm-hmm. I love it. Now the Celtics are in a little bit of a chaos right now. Mm-hmm. Some of it's good and some of it's bad. Losing Kyrie. Oh, I'm gonna get to that later. It's good. Yes. Losing Al Horford. Really bad. Mm-hmm. And and as you know, I am the. I might not be president and CEO of the Al Horford fan club. I think there's some, some Celtics writers that are a little bit ahead of me, but I'm certainly an, a very active board member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the committee. I'm, I'm on the committee. I am very active in votes and financial decisions for what the club should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you on this. I, I, I've been I, on the record in my, my NBA aptitude test, my NAT, that one of the questions was, was Al Horford a deserving all-star last year? Yeah. yeah. A, yes, B, no. That yeah. Man was a deserving all-star. That man is damn Al good. Horford, Al Horford is, has been one of the most underrated players for years because, because people look at his stats and they see 14 points a game, 7 rebounds. But a- anyone that watches basketball knows that Al Horford is a fantastic player. He's probably the second best passing big man in the league after Jokic. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very I, fair. I, I, I want to put Marcus Gasol, but I'm not going to. I want to um, put DeAndre Jordan, but I'm not going to. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but certainly, certainly he's, he's one of the top. He's definitely a top, like, two or three defensive center in the league. Um, there's, he's probably the only center in the league who can guard one through five with absolutely no issue. Like we said, I think, uh, was, it, was it against the Bucks? Or was it against the Pacers in that series? We've definitely said this on a podcast how uh, Marv Albert said that Horford oh, defending some guard was a mismatch. I was that like, was, uh, that, I, that I was against so. the Pacers. Darren Collison had him in a switch, and he was like, he was like, Collison's got the mismatch. It's like, in what? Whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you... Al Horford is going to be like my second choice defender against Darren Collison. You want to talk about a mismatch? Here's Collison on Tatum. Collison on Rozier. 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, it's like it's like it's like Collison. Why are you trying to get Horford switched onto you and Rogier or Kyrie are guarding you? Like I, if I'm the offense, I'd rather go against them. But anyway, so it sucks losing Horford. But did you see the money that he's reportedly like gonna make? The, the rumor, the rumored contract is four year, hundred twelve million. Bye, Boston. <laughs> I love Al Horford. Once again, I'm a, I, I am a very active board member in the club. Mm-hmm. But for four year, hundred twelve million, Al Horford, I'd be mad if you didn't take that. It's a fact. Go get your bag, Al Horford. Seriously, Support your family for the He's... next for the next century. Do your thing. I will forever have love for Al Horford. And he's been one of my favorite players in his time in Boston. He is the ultimate professional, the ultimate teammate, fantastic father figure for for a locker room, you know. Mm-hmm. But for four year one twelve, bye. <laughs> Facto, I agree. I agree. And it seems like uh, I forget who I. I thought it was Mark Stein on the Bill Simmons podcast who said that yeah. the Pelicans might be interested. It seems that they might. They might be a, con- a dark horse. Oh no! He, he, he actually he actually he actually put out another tweet today saying he he talked to a few guys and they adamantly oppose that. Interesting. So I so it sounds think... like sounds like the Horford sweepstakes is going to be between like, um, uh, the Mavericks, the Clippers, and the Sixers. It seems like. That's interesting because I think the a I think the Sixers is, is, is a ridiculous. I, I think that's oh, that makes okay. no sense. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. That makes no sense. It's re- I think I think I think he's ridiculous. a lock to the Clippers, honestly. Especially honestly, if why? If the if, if the Clippers sense. if the Clippers next year could roll out a lineup of SGA, Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard, Gallo, and Al Horford. By the way, you have like Montrez and Landry Shamit yeah, off yeah. the bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not, that's nice. But, but that closing <laughs> five, woo, man. Facts. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Actually, another team that if Could you uh, imagine? Oh, wait, sorry. Wait, one last thing. Could you imagine a more low key locker room than Al Horford and Kawhi being your two best players? Yeah, this would be <laughs> and like then a Gallo f- is like your third best. <laughs> this would sound like a library. Oh, be man. using their inside voices all the time. Seriously, even what I was gonna say is, I think, guy, yeah, yeah, I think that SGA doesn't seem like the most the the most loud guy in the world either. Um, no, I no, think no. that if if the Kings were run competently, that's a team that even though they've they've got a terrible history of overpaying guys, and I by no means would I ever want them to give Al Horford four years, one hundred twelve million dollars. Yeah, that team has cap space. Yeah, and if they don't want to use their cap space, and what I think would be smart as far as taking on like. James Johnson or Ryan Anderson for this year in exchange I actually, for another I actually, I actually respectfully disagree on that, but you do. I think I think that that Sacramento is in. We have a franchise point guard in De'Aaron Fox who's on a rookie contract, and Buddy Heald who's on the last year of his rookie contract. This is this is the year we got to sign someone because next year that cap space is gone. That's completely fair, but that's someone, by the way, is not Harrison Barnes. Harrison no, no. Barnes is Vladdy Divac should be doing cartwheels. Vladdy Vladdy Divac should be in the privacy of his own home because I don't want to see it in public. He should be Millie rocking. Oof. You know what? You know what's a fact? I, I hate seeing white people dab. My mom tried to do the, you know, the, the scissor dance, whatever the people do, like, you know, they put their what's it called? The floss, whatever. And okay, I almost yeah. I almost shot myself from the face when she did it the other day. You know what? Vladdy Divac. If if I if if I give you a pass to do the dab, 
because Harrison Barnes opted out of the rest of his deal. I'm giving a dab pass to Vlade Divac for that. One of the, one of the funniest tweets I ever saw was um, this guy wrote like in the middle of the Celtics playoff game on Twitter. He's like, do you think Brad Stevens ever in the privacy of his own home? He's like, you know, he's he's about to get in the shower and he just like looks in the mirror and he just does a dab. <laughs> like, do you think Brad Stevens has ever just dabbed? Like even just once just to see what it's like. <laughs> And the thought of that to me is hysterical no. <laughs> because you know, he's tried it before. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. We know, we, we've, we know he's tried it before because Rozier is gone. That's why we know. So I, I want to I get to more Celtics here. I want to get to more Celtics. I love their draft. Okay. I really like their draft. I'm not calling it love. Cause, and you know why, you know why. Yes, and, and and our reasons are very similar. But I talked about before, um, my favorite pick of the draft was the Grant Williams pick. I think that he is a, he's going to be a great player. And honestly, he's not a terrible he's, – he's obviously no Al Horford, and I'm in no way, shape, or form saying he is. Mm-hmm. But Grant Williams is a really good passing big man. He has the mind of a point guard. I – He's, he's one of those guys who I think was like a point guard like growing up and then just like sprouted up. So he's got a point guard mind. Mm-hmm. And, and I always liked those, that in, guy, in a guy. Like, that was always like one of my favorite things about Anthony Davis like coming out of the draft. It's like this guy was a point guard until junior year of high school. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Thing with, same thing with Gordon Hayward, I think. That guy played tennis until he grew like six yeah. inches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quick on his feet. Facts. All about um, the footwork. Those guys have better footwork exactly. a lot of times than exactly. other guys. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really like the Grant Williams pick because I, even though he's in no way, shape, or form Horford, you can put him in a lot of the same offense that you put Horford in, where it's you give him the ball at the top of the key and, and he can pass to cutters. Like, he's a guy capable of making It's not going to be like Horford, but he's capable of doing similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the Carson Edwards pick. This dude has... Like Shane Larkin on, or sorry, not Shane, I did not mean Shane Larkin. Wow, I meant like uh, I meant like early Isaiah Thomas vibes to him. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, and I'm not talking like All Star Isaiah Thomas. I'm talking like gets drafted by the Kings, and it's like who's this, this short dude averaging like 14 points a game? Yeah, I think that he screams early, like because the Celtics are are going to need offense off the bench, and he screams as a guy that could be a sleeper for like. Well, this dude's like actually scoring a decent amount, especially if they lose. Ro- if, especially, hopefully, when they lose Rogier. <laughs> um, and now we get to the Romeo Langford pick at number fourteen. Here's the thing, Will. I understand your reasons for liking this pick, as far I as do. the facts that the that, that the guy does have, um, did have a injury in his thumb on his shooting hand last year. I can completely understand why. Um, you know why? Why you feel that he's a better shooter than it looks on paper, and I agree with that. That seems that seems completely valid. But here's the thing: I like guys who give a shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like guys who I like seeing. You know, they actually like seem to give a shit on the court. And you know what? Maybe maybe Romeo Langford was having a few bad days when I watched video of him. But you know what? When that guy doesn't have the ball, I have not seen him give a damn. Seeing that guy set a screen is like bumping into someone on a subway platform. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to bother you. You know, I'm sorry. My bad. My fault. My fault. I did not okay. mean to bump into you. That's what Romeo Langford setting a screen is like. 
he okay. apologizes to the competition. And here's the thing. I could be completely wrong about Romeo Lanford. And I'm not judging this pick because I have, like, you know, I'm not a Celtics fan, but I have the utmost respect for the Celtics organization. If somebody can yep. shoot, develop a shooting guard, um, they can do it. Look at Jalen Brown. I was not a huge fan of Jalen Brown going into the draft. Jalen Brown's my favorite dude in the league. As, we, as, you, as you brought to my attention with a loose notepad found at your residence uh, a few weeks ago <laughs> of my past yeah. draft announcement. Um, you, know, you know what we should do? You, you know how Bill Simmons does his, uh, his re-readables every once in a while? I propose that during the offseason, I want to find that notepad, and every day we read one of your draft analysis. I'm completely, I'm completely down for that. Be, I, I was, some of them I, were right. Some of them were right. <laughs> I hit the fucking jackpot on Papayanis and Ellenson. I'll tell you that. I, got, I hit the jackpot on those. And my DJ Wilson um, hot takes are, are seemingly, you know, they're, they're looking a lot better now. They're looking a lot better now. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, the so, thing well, is, it's all about with oh, yeah. the Langford pick. Does he want to work for it? If he wants to work for it, I think he'll be a good Celtic. If not, he'll be James Young. Bingo. Okay, that's fair. So here's the reason why I like the Langford pick. This is this is all I keep hearing about Romeo Langford from writers, from the Celtics organization themselves, and from his old coaches. Langford is one of the hardest workers you will ever meet. Okay, and I love that because this is. The, uh, I wish I, I wish I had the tweet ready to be pulled up. Let me see if I can find it as I'm talking. The Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens during their um, during their press conferences have basically just been like, look, the guys that we're targeting in free agency are going to be guys that are team first guys <laughs> who are going to work super hard and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. So it's funny because, yeah, here it is. Here it is. This is the Danny Ainge quote. I think it makes life more enjoyable when everyone is humble, hardworking, and will play any role to help the team succeed. You do have to find a certain amount of talent to win, as we know. But man, good people make coming to work so much more fun. Man. Can he shoot any more daggers than Kyrie Irving? Boom, 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 boom. That's what that was. I'm impressed at how quickly I found that quote. That was good. So back like Denzel in training day with the guns blasting. God damn. So so the reason I like the Langford pick is because Langford was the number five recruit going into college. This pick reminds me a lot of the Avery Bradley pick a few years back where it's the super high-ranked guy that suffered an injury in college, tried to play through it, and it killed his draft. Langford, okay, let's, let's not Lang- compare Langford to Avery Bradley. I'm sorry to cut you off, Will. But, but no, like- I'm, talk- I'm talking about the concept of their draft. Okay, okay. Lang- Langford had, to- ha- had some torn ligaments in his shooting hand and his thumb. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried shooting a basketball with torn ligaments in your hand? Well, I've never had a broken hand knock knock on wood. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's I, hard. I honestly don't know. It's I hard. So. I would and, hope so. It's damn hard. And and Langford started the season. So Langford shot thirty percent from three point this year, which is not good. Obviously, mm-hmm. he started the season six of thirty six from three point and finished the season shooting over forty percent from three point. So we know he's got the potential to be a good shooter. I like the pick because Langford was one of like the top two or three guys. Actually, the Celtics took two of the top five college guys in free throws per game. You know why that matters? Because the Celtics ranked dead last in the league in free throws per game last year. 
Uh-huh. I like the draft because it's it's all these guys that are going to work hard. They all seem to have high potential. And one of the knocks on Ainge for his drafting has been that he as he as he always takes these safe pick players. I don't mind him reaching on Romeo Langford because this dude could be a, a star. I'm not saying he will be, but he could be. I agree with that. My my issue with Langford has never been his uh, shooting percentages. Uh, honestly, it's just that because he, even though I don't think he had many great teammates at Indiana, I could be wrong, but yeah. the guy was a ball stopper, uh, did not really get his teammates involved, and acted like he didn't give a shit when he didn't have the ball. That was been my things. But you know what? Maybe he's a hard worker, and you know it's it's very possible because the Celtics are the organization that they are that this pick will turn out well for them in the future. Yeah, and also, also because I I know what you're talking about with him being a ball stopper. He's not going to have the opportunity to be that in Boston, uh-huh. because he's not going to a team that needs him to be good. The Celtics, uh-huh. it sucks throwing away with the number fourteen pick in the draft, but the Celtics could do that. Like they don't need him to be good, uh-huh. so he's going to actually have to earn stuff. Send him to the D League. Well, that's the plan. He's going to start the season in the D League because he can't even he oh, can't fantastic. even play yet because he just had surgery on his oh, thumb. Oh, fantastic! That's great. That's great for the Celtics. That's great. Also, how develop. much how much was develop. he a ball stopper in college because he didn't have good teammates versus how much was he a ball stopper because that is who he is. That, yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah, I brought that up. I honestly don't know. Yeah. We'll so see. so now now I want to get into my Kyrie Irving take, and this will lead into to the Brooklyn Nets section. Okay. Because I've, I've already gone pretty long here on the Celtics. I apologize. Um, <laughs> it's all good. We can skip on the Nets. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit here. All right. The, so Kyrie Irving. Okay. I don't even know where to start here. There's so much I want to say. And this year, I hated the Celtics. I hated everything about watching this pompous team play. Uh-huh. And at the heart and center of it was Mr. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and it's very funny to look back on very early in the season when he's when he's at the season ticket event and he says, if you guys will have me back, I would love to be back. It's very funny, the wording he chose, because the Celtics don't seem to want him back. <laughs> oh, no, they don't. Oh, no, and- they don't. And it's funny. It's it literally feels like with this Kyrie Irving situation where the Celtics are like, like yeah, like if he came back, but it's like the Celtics are not making any effort to try to bring him back. Other than like like the formalities of like of course like we'd love to have like you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like like they everything about it has just and I, and I love that about the Celtics. And I said this to someone um I was talking to someone at work. And they were saying, and, and I think they're like a Nets fan or something, and they were like, man, I'm so excited. Like, we're going to get Kyrie Irving. He's like, you're a Celtics fan. You must be, like, so upset about this. Oh, wow. Oh, he didn't know what he was wow. getting into. This, this is a real novice. This is a real novice you're talking to at work. Damn. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like oh, oh, my good sir. <laughs> Heavens no. <laughs> um, you think Pat Riley would build an airport for Hassan Whiteside? I would build the airplane. <laughs> if I can't even oh my god no no if Kyrie Irving was back on the Celtics next year I would genuinely consider switching my team allegiance that's I I never and and, and how 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 early because I know 
this isn't like a new thing with me. How how far into the season was it where I started to say I hate? Where like I started to admit that I hated Kyrie Irving? Oh, it was early. It was like it was, it was early. like February, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was like pretty early into the season. Yeah. So was, these are some was, of the things. These are some of the Kyrie things that happened this year. Okay. First, actually, actually, let's let's start even farther back. First, he forces a trade from Cleveland, and puts and gives a list of teams he wants to go to. Kobe Altman says, "Hey, the Celtics are interested in you, but we know we know they're not on your list." Kyrie Irving goes, "Wait, the Celtics are interested? Then yeah, I want to go there." Uh-huh. So he approved the trade. He didn't. He the reason he didn't include the Celtics on his list is because he didn't think that they were a realistic trade option. Is what oh, his agent yeah. said. Interesting. Then the Celtics trade for him, and he and he does this whole thing about how oh it's about to be crazy G to Gordon Hayward, and how he's super excited. Gordon Hayward go oh, sorry actually actually I want to go even farther back. So I say to, I'm to, I, I was at work a uh, d- different job this is two years ago at this point and I said to someone who's a Cavs fan I was like man I'm so excited like we got Kyrie Irving and you know what he said to me? Mm-hmm. He was like enjoy good luck <laughs> and I was like. And I was like, what do you mean, good luck? He's like, he's like, just trust me, good luck. Damn. And, and I was like, seriously? And he's like, he's like, yeah, look him up at Duke, too. This is not a new thing. And I was like, Shit. I was like, oh, okay then. But Kyrie Irving started the season off really well. Gordon Hayward got, had to add his nasty injury. By the way, I expect Gordon Hayward to be really good this year. Uh-huh. I, I figured it was about a, a two-year, reco- a year-and-a-half recovery, two years. This is now year number this, this is now after the two-year mark. I'm, I'm expecting a big year out of Gordon Hayward to at least be like 80% of the player he was before, um, mm-hmm. having a full offseason. Now, now, with Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward goes down. Kyrie Irving says and does all the right things. Celtics go on a 16-game win streak. Kyrie Irving saying and doing all the right things. And it, I'm like, I'm like what, was, what was that dude talking about? Like, Kyrie Irving's awesome. What does he mean? He was, what does he mean, good luck? This is great. And then the first thing kind of comes out about him and him and Rogier going back and forth, and I was like, I was like, oh, well, that's Rogier. I don't care. <laughs> and then Kyrie Irving gets hurt, and then he doesn't really show up at any home games, which bothered me, because it's like, how do you not go support your team? And the worst was Game Seven at home against the Cavs. Um, Kyrie Irving doesn't show up. Because he's having an, uh, a procedure done to, re- to, re- to like repair a deviated septum in, in his nose. A deviated septum? It just basically means like, um, it means like, it means you can't like, uh, you know, like, like when you're like breathing like, and like pulling in air through your nose and it's like yeah. you have trouble like, like pulling air like through like one side or something. It's just like with that. That's bizarre. I've heard of septum piercings. That's like the, the ring in the middle, right? Most most people, yeah. Most people have deviated septums. I'm going to be honest here. I don't know. I don't have any evidence to support this, but deviated septum sounds like a cocaine injury. I'm just going to be... It really does. It really <laughs> it does. Really does. <laughs> so so, so Kyrie, Irving, Kyrie Irving misses game seven for the deviated septum surgery, and everyone's like, why did it have to be that night? Yeah, I agree. And then, I agree. And then, and then the report comes out, and it's just like a leak, and like everyone adamantly denies it. But the leak is Kyrie Irving relieved Celtics' loss to the Cavs because he wasn't there. Damn. And everyone denied it within the organization and stuff. And I was like, I was like, all right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, whatever. 
this year comes, and this year was just the year from hell. And I'm going to summarize this really quickly because I've gone on way too long about this. <laughs> but between, but between y- yelling at Gordon Hayward at the end of the Orlando Magic game when Hayward passed to a wide-open Tatum to take the game winner instead of him, to then calling out Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum saying they don't know what it takes to win in the playoffs, uh, yeah, they do, actually. Uh-huh. You, you, want, you want to go look at who the all-time leading rookie scorer in the playoffs is? I'll give you a hint. Number one, Kareem. Number two, Jason Tatum. Also, Jalen Brown led led the uh, the playoffs up to that point in thirty point games. Preach. Like, like, like these, like you did, like seriously, like you you hit one shot. Like, let's chill. Then, so he he keeps calling them out. Then he he goes back and forth and like with with him and Morris and then then and then it just sets off the entire team. He goes back and forth with Brad because Brad kept wanting Kyrie to play more like Isaiah Thomas played and like play off the ball and get shots that way. And Kyrie was like, uh, uh-uh, I want to play like Harden. And Brad Stevens was like, okay, but your body is you're not you're not big enough to support the Harden kind of play style. Uh huh. Like your like your body is gonna break down. So Kyrie Irving decides to kind of play like that anyway. Brad Stevens doesn't like it. Kyrie Irving becomes an asshole and 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 dicks over his whole team. Keeps saying wait till the playoffs and then shoots thirty two percent in the playoffs. And in the Buck series, guarded Giannis more than any other player on the Celtics because he kept he kept picking out Giannis on defense. Dude, you're six two. Stop trying to guard Giannis. That was insane, man. Dude was like Kevin Hart. Just trying now, to like prove prove he's got some balls and like take on the yeah. big guy, you know. Now, now I'm now I'm I've I've forgotten a ton of Kyrie Irving stuff. I've I've blocked it out of my mind. The point is, the point is, I would rather be a 48 win team and be the sixth seed and lose in the second or, or first or, and have a hard fought first round than go through whatever the hell just happened last season. It was a good time I'm, to be a Nets fan. What can I say? So so now so now I pretty will, much just described our season. <laughs> now now I will transition to this, um, to the Nets and 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 start off with this. Good luck. Okay, we don't have Kyrie just yet. A, we don't have him just yet. And do you, B, do you want Kyrie? I want Kyrie. Do you want Kyrie? Um, I don't give a damn. Cause either way, I think that the Nets will bring back a point guard with. A lot of, who is making a ton of money and has questionable maturity and leadership skills. I love D'Angelo. Here's the thing: D'Angelo was my son. D'Angelo was my son. However, um, I, I I'm still worried about giving that guy max money. I'm oh, just, I'm just worried about it. Also, I read an interesting piece on the Ringer um, this past week that details about um, D'Angelo's re- uh, reliance is not a word, right? Reliance on yeah. two pointers. Especially yeah. long two pointers. D'Angelo yeah. is just a was a very good mid range shooter this past year, and yeah. I'm worried that might not be sustainable. I mean, the Philly, the Philly did a really good job against him in the playoffs. Granted, you know they were a fantastic team that matched up against the Nets, but still. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm honestly ambivalent as far as whether Kyrie comes in replace of D'Angelo in place of D'Angelo or not. However, that's all of a sudden now the Nets are the leader in the KD sweepstakes, according yep. to the Vegas odds. Yep. So, you know, if KD wants to come, I mean, Kyrie, I'll, I'll, I'll happily take you in Brooklyn. Shit, if we could get KD, 
That's I'm, I'm happy to take on Kyrie, especially because I know that if I'm taking on Kyrie and KD, I think Kyrie needs another star next to him who can yep. kind of keep, keep keep him in check, make him stay in his own lane, and kind of like chaperone him in a weird way, you know? And KD would be exactly that. And also, like, the honeymoon period with Kyrie has always been very nice. The first oh, year yeah. and a half is always great. Like, it was well, great for well, the Celtics. That, well, well, not not year and a half. Let's go, let's go three quarters of the first year. But here's the problem. Kyrie Irving is going to sign with the Nets. And, and he, is, he has good. had... Not a given. This is not set in stone. Let me just. Well, no, well, no, because the Nets, the Nets, we've heard don't want Kyrie if Durant's not there. Fantastic. Um, which, yes. which great, kind of brilliant move, Sean Marks. But Kyrie, Kyrie has now, he has such a bad reputation around him that he's going to be on his best behavior at the beginning part of the season, and he's going to say all the right things, and he's going to do all the right things, and he's going to lead by example, and it's going to be great. But then what's going to happen is the team is going to go on a four-game losing streak. And Karis LeVert is going to, over that four-game losing streak, is going to be shooting like 28%. He's going to be like on like a little bit of a slump, you know? Okay. Which happens with Karis LeVert, my man. Yeah, but, yeah you know, it does. Sometimes. Um, and, and I love Karis LeVert. But yeah, he's, 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 ha- he's, had a, he's had a few inconsistent moments. And then what's going to happen is there's going to be, there, you're going to get the first slightly, you know, it's not going to be bad. It's just going to be like a, a subtle jab at Karis LeVert. Like, a, like, a, like some guys just need to play more consistent. And then that's going to sink the whole team. Yeah. Because once Kyrie says that first thing, oh boy. I know, I know. And then we can the just get rid of Kyrie. We can trade him, get something back, whatever. But, bye but, bye, but Kyrie. The first Fuck season, you. But the first season of Kyrie is going to be great. Good. And, and, and then, and then, and then, and then we can trade him afterwards. And then we're going to get all the stories of, well, it was Boston's fault, not Kyrie. Look how, look how, look how much, look how much better he is with an organization that blah blah blah. You know. Mm-hmm. But here's 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 my here's my my Kyrie opinion. Enjoy Darren Williams 2.0. Just don't. Let's just end this there. Like I just. I'm just look, 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 look uh, at I'm the scared, bro. I'm fucking scared. Up to and look at the stats up to that point in their career. They're almost identical. I completely understand, but and then Darren, Darren Williams, Williams also had the injury history. Darren Williams was on an incompetent franchise with a terrible with one of the worst GMs of all time. Here's the thing. I I I completely understand your prediction. I mean, um your your take and honestly, uh, it's um, no, I'm, I'm fucking scared about it, bro. I'm so scared, but <laughs> there's there's just different. It's just a different situation. Yeah. It's just a different situation. I think at the end of the, it, 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 it just it, it just is. There's just fucking different things in play. Yeah, However, I, think, I will say, yeah. oh, one of the most intriguing things about Kyrie maybe coming to Brooklyn is one of the guys who's been recruiting him is none other than Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep. As well as other players, including Karis LeVert. Dinwiddie recruiting Kyrie, to me, is extremely interesting because Dinwiddie was actually the Nets' closer yep. a lot of the time this past year, as was LeVert. Do you remember, LeVert do you remember, games. Do you remember when we went to a Nets game very early in the season together? Oh, I and and, it, and it, went to OT, it went to OT against the Pistons, and fantastic game for Blake Griffin. Uh-huh. I think that was the first game of the season where we both looked at each other and, we're, and we were like, is Blake Griffin back? Yes. And yeah, he is back. Um, but Spencer 
But but do you remember? Fucking do you remember? Do you remember when that I game, you bro? Oh that my day? god! Yeah. Do you remember what I said to you that day? It was something detracting D'Angelo Russell and promoting Spencer Dinwiddie. Yep, I said, I said, if I'm a team, because I said the same thing, bro. We said the same thing. We did, yeah. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, I would rather have Spencer Dinwiddie on my team long term than D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Dinwiddie's still a fantastic contract for the Nets. I stand by that. Insane. I stand by that. Yeah, it's still he's still a bargain bin for the Nets. It's insane. It's crazy because I I, I don't think you're ever gonna win a championship with D'Angelo Russell as your best player. But you certainly, and I don't think he's ever going to accept like the Dinwiddie role. But the Din, but Dinwiddie could very easily be sixth man on on a title team. I completely agree. Dinwiddie could be Fred Van Vliet, even she, better, maybe. Din Dinwiddie could be Sean Livingston with a jump shot. Uh huh. With a with a hell of a jump shot. That's yeah. Like Dinwiddie, like Dinwiddie, beat James Harden this year. When Dinwiddie gets hot, that he's guy great. is he's the second best sixth man in the league next to Lou Will. He is. Yeah, that's fair. Never better, never, never better six men than him that isn't Lou Williams. There really isn't. That's well, the thing. Like, the, Lou the, Williams the, the, won my, the only, my only name would be Lou Williams. Yeah, exactly. And Lou Williams was a deserving recipient of the six man award, but I don't know if they're runner ups to that award. But if there were, if, but if there were, Spencer Dinwiddie, especially if he hadn't gotten hurt, is, is clearly, yeah. I think, number two. I agree. Anyway, so, I just want to say one thing real quick yeah. to wrap about the Nets. I've, I was terrified about their draft. For ten minutes, yeah, when it seemed that they were trying to trade away all their picks, and I got just to just to clear cap space, and I was like fucking like really nervous. Yeah. However, we we did the smart thing. We got Nick Claxton, who was actually kind of a projected lottery pick. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for Jared Allen because I actually think Nick Claxton's going to be better than him. Actually, I don't feel bad for Jared. This is why I think they can play together. Claxton, even though he's 6'10 and does a lot of the same things that Allen does, Claxton's actually shown a jump shot before. He didn't shoot great, uh, shot like maybe, I don't know, 28% from three with Georgia last year, but he's got nice form, and mm-hmm. the Nets are, are, have been proven to be great as far as improving players' shots. Look at Dinwiddie, look at D'Angelo, look at Joe Harris, the best three-point shooter in the NBA. I agree. Um, well, so, well, the Nets, oh, the Nets I, head of player development is actually Durant's former trainer. Which says a lot. Do you remember? And wait, didn't I tell you that a few months back? I think you did. I think you did. I went, I went, to, a, I went to a Nets coaching clinic a few months back, and I met him. He's, this, he's a super cool guy. His name is, um, his name is Adam. He's actually, he's actually from, ready for this? Williamstown. The f- you mean Williamsburg or Williamstown? No, that was no, Williamstown. Like, like, no, like Williamstown, oh, Massachusetts. Oh, I feel uh, my condolences to him. So, but it, <laughs> but it's it's funny. Um, and and I was talking to him, and he's like he's like yeah, I used to be Durant's trainer. And I remember I remember I said that to you, and I was like I was like just don't like just just file that into the back of our mind for like potential nets kind of stuff. Man, I totally forgot about that until right now. That matters. That like Durant likes him. Me too. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I will say. I forgot about that. Here's the thing, Sean Marks. I want to speak to Sean Marks for a second. Sure. Um, I understand you want to do whatever you can to get KD there, but bro, not DeAndre Jordan. Please no. <laughs> Why the fuck do we have to get him? We have Jared oh, Allen man. and Claxton. Get yeah. resigned Ed Davis, not DeAndre Jordan. 
All like right, DeAndre so- Jordan, yes, he gets rebounds, he gets blocks, but you know what? He doesn't give a damn if he can't get a statistic from the defensive possession. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, no, he doesn't I care. Okay, that's I all agree. I have to say. All right, let's 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 move on to very quick free agency because we've both got, we've mostly <laughs> may mostly may I'll, I'll be honest. I've gone right, very right. long here on Celtics and Nets. Um, so very quick, who let like let's just do like rapid fire. Who is your guy that's going to get overpaid this summer? Looney. Sorry, what you say? Looney or oh, I would also I would say Kevon Looney. I would also say Willie Colley Stein is okay. in that um is in that category. For that's me. fair. That's fair. My guy that's going to get overpaid is Dwayne Dedman. Mm, interesting. And these are all kind of guys that are the same. These are guys that a lot of teams are going to be looking at their summer and they're going to be like, well, we still have cap space. Might as well throw this guy some money. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's all the same. It's, it's these centers that, that show potential and they're, they've all come off like pretty good years. Like Dwayne Dedman this year was 11 and 8. Like, like, like I would, I would give Dwayne Dedman like $7 million a year to come be my starting center or bench center. I, I completely agree. I will say though, but he's going to get like 15. Do you think that Vucevic is going to get the max, right? Do you no, think that's not. an overpay? You don't think so? He's not going to get the max. I could see it. I could completely see it. All these teams have money. I, All these teams have money. What's to stop the Kings? I don't know. I mean, I... Vucevic was actually rumored that's like a Celtic guy. I wouldn't give him the max, but I would give him like a three-year. I would give him a three-year eighty. Mm, okay, okay. I don't. I don't know if he'd accept that. I think he'd want like a four-year deal, but I'd give him a three-year eighty. Three-year eighty is a good deal, I think, for Vucevic. Um, but I'd also make it a front-loaded contract, not a back-loaded. Makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. Um, if, if if he wants to accept that. Who is your who is your who is your sleeper guy for who's not or who 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 a team is gonna get and then it's gonna be a total underpay? Um, I don't know if this is an underpay, but because I think there's gonna be so many guys that are be overpaid, there will be some underpays at the same time for the smart teams that are out there. Yep. My man, we we everybody knows I love my man Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green can he shoots forty percent from three. He gets yep. bull- boards. He's a tough player. He hustles. He plays defense. He's also now, after this past year, he's also experienced in a playoff series. Yep. And actually played very well, scoring uh, double digit points four times against the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm just a huge fan of him. Still pretty young, six nine. Uh, actually, not that young. He's twenty nine, but six nine. He made exactly four hundred ninety thousand uh, dollars. Uh, <laughs> um, I think. Uh, it, it, it's 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 ridiculous. I'm a big fan of Deadman. I think he's going to be a big steal. Uh, do, do you mean Jamichael Green? Yeah. Yes. I no. I mean. <laughs> yeah, Jamichael right. Green. My, my man. These are these are. I actually have two underpays here. Number one. Okay. Number one today, uh, New Orleans decided not to offer Czech Diallo a qualifying offer, making him an unrestricted free agent. Hmm. I love I love Czech Diallo. I think that he's. He's young. I don't actually know how old he is. I know he's only been in the league for three years, so he's pretty young. He's a six-nine power forward. Can't shoot threes, but he's a phenomenal rebounder, and I, I like him. He's a good defensive player. He moves his feet pretty well. I mean, last year he's he was six, uh, six and five in fourteen minutes. I think that he could very easily be a sleeper big. I completely agree. Also, this is a trading guy, but you know what? Somebody's just should just give Josh Jackson a shot. Like, what do you have to lose for, for some nope. of these teams who are just going to waste nope. away their seasons? Absolutely just give him a not. shot. Give him Absolutely a shot. Absolutely not. 
Plus, Absolutely you're trading not. with the Suns. You could get something nice as well as Josh Jackson. Breaking news! With- breaking news! Suns trade Josh Jackson and DeAndre Ayton for fourth or for number for uh for first for for, for protected first round pick next year. All right, here's, Jones, here's, I salute you. Here's here's my yeah. Here's my philanthropist. Here's my other guy that I like. Very under the radar guy, but I like him. I think he had a good year in Orlando. He's a really good defender. Six nine center Kem Birch. I like Cam Birch. I've always liked him. I remember I seeing like- an article about him in Slam Magazine way back in the day. <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I like him. He's got kind of a, I wouldn't say an old school game because he's doesn't really have the post game, but he certainly, he's he's going to rebound. He's going to hustle. I like him as like, a, not, not even necessarily like a top like nine guy in your team, but if like your third big is Cam Birch, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, and kind of and in the same vein as that, um, I still have Glenn Robinson the third stock, so yeah, <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, oh, man. Next next episode, we will we will do a little bit of free agency reactions and more kind of preview into what we think the second tier of free agency is going to look like. Um, but yeah, that about does it for this episode. Uh, very. Very busy. Lots, lots we had to talk about. We covered draft, Celtics, Nets, and a few, a uh, few underrated free agency guys. If you, hey, if you've listened to this episode, you can now tell your friends that you know who uh, Kem Birch is. I guarantee <laughs> they won't. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed, uh, leave a uh, leave a comment, good rating, subscribe. We appreciate it, and uh, and we'll be back again next week. See you next week, Eric.